the Pulse of the Hawkesbury. Pulse 89.9. And good afternoon, everyone. Here we are on Pulse FM, uh, your community radio station in the Hawkesbury. I've been fortunate to uh, speak today with uh, Peter Payne, who's from Endeavour Energy. Good afternoon, Peter. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, Catherine. And thanks for the opportunity to have a chat. No, that's fine. Look, um, there's outages happening, obviously, all over the place at the moment because of the water and the floods. And, um, I mean, people, what areas at the moment are you needing to, like, like outage to do it, to stop the electricity for their safety? Yeah, unfortunately, Catherine, um, electricity and water is a very dangerous mix. Yeah. And one of the one of the first things that uh, we as the network provider to the Hawkesbury region, uh, Lower McDonald region, need to think about is the safety of all those customers, mm. as well as the emergency service workers that we've got racing around on the floodwaters at the moment, mm. uh, trying to keep the community going, uh, keep them uh, fed and safe uh, during this current uh, torrential rain and flooding that we have at the moment. Mm. Unfortunately, it means that we have to make some tough decisions. We, uh, the people of the Lower McDonald Valley around uh, Wormsley Road would have seen that this morning where mm. we, we needed to isolate one of the major power lines that supply uh, the Wormsley Road area. Yes. Uh, and unfortunately, the, the water levels on both the Hawkesbury and the McDonald Rivers were at a point where basically the water would bring people who would be travelling on those waters far too close to a live power line. Yeah. Um, we've had to isolate supply uh, to to that part of the network mm. and um, that's really done. We don't like to do it. Our sole yeah. purpose is to keep your power on, yeah. but we, it has to be safe. Yeah. So um, in these current con- conditions, that is the best thing that we can do. Yeah. So that affected about 120 customers, yeah. when, and when we say customers, homes and businesses yeah. in that Warmsley Road area. Yeah. The, the other parts of that equation, uh, however, is that we've also, while we've had flooding, we've also had storm conditions. Mm. Now that's that's led to trees coming down over plough lines. We've had uh, landslips onto roads. Yeah. And to, and normally, while we could uh, bring crews in from the top end of the valley through the Central Coast, yep. um, there's been some damage to Settlers Road uh, right at the very top, which actually prevents us from doing that on this occasion. We did so in March last year when the, yep. when the rivers were flooding, mm. but we don't have that capability this year. Mm. Also, with the ongoing rain, it just never seems to stop. Yep. Uh, some of our patrolling and scoping work has been limited. People may recall that we flew helicopters through the valley last year yeah. because after we actually had torrential rain, we actually had uh, clear sunny days. Yes. Yeah, you just just can't fly a helicopter in the current conditions, or, no. or uh, and so that's scoping. We need to scope the damage that's occurred, uh, and then we need to be able to get crews across to the other side of the river uh, to be able to uh, do very very important safety checks. Yes. And, and then fix whatever has been damaged by this storm. Yeah. That is going to take time. But the yeah. first step of that is obviously is for those water levels to come down, Yes. Uh, for, for the roads to reopen yeah. and for our, our vehicles to be able to get in there so so the crews can start their work. So when you turn off, the, we'll talk about the Wormsley um, Road and that little village in McDonald uh, Valley at the moment. When you turn off the electricity remotely, can you turn it back on remotely? 
we, technically, yes, right. but in this case, because we know it comes back to when you're dealing with electricity, safety always has to be your first priority. Yes. Now, because we have had reports of damage further upstream, yes, uh, uh, and I'm talking about the network here, not the river, yep. further up in the network, hmm. um, we basically cannot or we will not turn on that power until we've had qualified people go out mm. there and have a look mm. and make sure that everything is safe before it's re-energised. The other issue with flooding is if people have had water in their homes. Yes. If you've had water in your home, uh, you must have a licensed electrician inspect all the wiring before it is safe to re-energise the property. Mm. And there's some testing that can be done uh, that needs to be done. That can only be done by licensed electricians. Yeah. So they're very necessary. It's a, it's, a, it's a very safe and methodical way yeah. in which we uh, in which we restore power supply. I think a lot of people, uh, Peter, uh, when the power goes off, they have this curse they do to the electricity companies, and oh, the power's off again. When are they going to get to it? You know, and I, I think sometimes we're really good at doing that. Um, but I don't think what it is that they unfortunately don't realise the the safety issues around the electricity and what you have to go through in a process to get this all back on again and it's actually for everyone's safety. And for that reason, I'm, I'm really pleased that we're talking today. Yeah, well, Catherine, also, we're not in total control of no. the situation. Um, and different energies. Is, so the the state emergency service is the lead agency in yeah. the response to in response to flooding. Um, we do not have uh, independent powers, I suppose, to uh, put people in boats, take them across the river in flood conditions. No. We we actually we need to work hand in hand yes. with with SES, with the police, mm. uh, the rural fire service, mm. and we all come together basically uh, through an emergency operations committee at the local level and we work through each of those issues individually. Really what's unique about this particular incident is that the rain just won't stop, (laughs) unfortunately. Uh, And and with Warragamba spilling on top of that, plus tides uh, and our own safety obligations to our own employees. Uh, Then on top of that, uh, we need to take into account the unique properties of electricity uh, in that when you have changes to the physical environment in which the network operates, um, that can change the way electricity uh, runs itself. So, for example, if you put water very close to a very large power line, there's, there's actually an arc around that power line and that electricity can jump and that basically enlivens the water nearby that nearby that. Uh, uh, where the the power line and the water intersects, yeah, uh, and that's bad if you're in a metal tinny running around trying to you know get get about your business. Uh, so really, the best option uh, on a large network spread across a long, uh, exp- spread across a wide area, mm. is actually to turn those off. We we're trying to do our best in give really good information to those affected customers about when that's going to happen, why that is happening, yeah. and when we're going to get out there to start fixing things. Unfortunately, with the rain continuing, uh, the end is, is no, as to when that, is not in sight yet, or, or when the start gun is going to go off. I can assure people, though, that one thing uh, we are doing is we are getting 
all the, our crews ready. Mm. Um, we've got all the equipment ready. And as soon as we get the green light to go, mm. we will start that restoration process. Mm. Um, and we will do that safely and as quickly as humanly possible. Yeah, and this, the thing is, as you said, there's no start start line yet to doing this. And we need to have the river coming down, uh, but there's so many factors involved in it and it's been so hard for everyone, the SES, um, you know, everyone who's volunteering getting the um, food out to everyone, the helicopters that are grounded because of the weather being so bad. But... Um, I was talking to them earlier and the current in the uh, river is very strong. So people that are jumping into boats and don't know the current, it's not a good idea, but a tinny near a power line would be bad, wouldn't it? Absolutely. So anything that is that is conductive, and unfortunately yeah. human human beings are conductors of electricity yeah. and that, that has very dire consequences. Yeah. I, I suppose really um, it, it, it's a... I know the people uh, in the McDonald Valley are very resilient. Yes. Um, and, and people who live up there understand mm. uh, the environmental and weather conditions that they can be subject to. Mm. Um, hang in there, guys. <laughs> um, we haven't forgotten about you. Um, and as soon as we are able, as soon as we are able to get to you, we will. Yep. Um, but it's going to take some days. It's going to take a few days. Yep. Just. Just a quick call out too, uh, with a lot of people probably have generators up in that area. Yeah. Just to be safe with the use uh, of of your generator. Mm. Uh, obviously, when you start the motor, keep keep the fumes away from the house or if you've got it in a shed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, don't double up leads that can get wet, and please do not connect it uh, to your home switch home or property switchboard. So the, one of the things about electricity, you might be connecting, if you don't have an isolation switch on your switchboard, which effectively islands your home or property from the rest of the network, you've got to remember it, it's a big interconnected web. And with when we do have guys working, our, our, our power line workers in your area, while your generator might be producing electricity at low voltage, if that runs back up to your service line and into the network, it will go back the opposite way to the uh, the way the transformer currently works now, mm. and what is low voltage electricity, which is you know dangerous in itself. Yeah. It will go to, it will go through the nearest transformer and it will transform into eleven thousand volts, wow. and that is ser- seriously damaging yeah. uh, and dangerous. Yeah, could so that, it, that start a fire, Peter? Or probably not in the current conditions, Catherine. No. <laughs> but no. something to worth worth thinking about. In bushfire conditions, the other thing, of course, is we've got all these we've got volunteers, and, and in these natural disasters, one of the great things about Australians is that we 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 all there's a lot of our community prepared to put the shoulder to the wheel yeah. and and put aside their lives and get out and help other people, which That's is right. a great thing. So to be mindful of of that, those volunteers who who they may be a butcher, they may be That's working right. in a shop, yeah. uh, they might be a mechanic, yeah. whatever. They're they're not experts in electricity, and that, they might be there to fight fires or help you during uh, a, a flood. But we can't expect them to be all knowing about things like electricity when when their focus is on the community. That's right. So with those emergency service workers there, I think most people, most reasonable people, would agree 
uh, it is best that we have that network off while those people are in these difficult conditions yeah. during the during these extreme weather events. Uh, so we keep them safe as well. And I think that when you look going forward, that when the sun does decide to shine again and the rain decides to go away, that uh, what I was saying was that to be careful of those generators when it is dry because they could potentially, with that much wattage, if the house is dry, create a fire there? Yeah, I, I would encourage anyone who is using electricity. Uh, one, one of the advantages, I suppose, is having a network operator like ourselves is yeah. that we do all that. We do all that for you. Yeah. When you when you have a generator with solar solar panels is another case. Yes. And and not now, but maybe in the future, next decade or so, we'll start having batteries and electric vehicles, which are like largely a a, a battery on wheels. Yeah. That, that, that drives us around. They're actually yours. They're yours to manage and maintain and operate safely. Yeah. Um, and so I'd, I'd, I'd urge anyone to be ever mindful that if it's your own device, yeah. you're responsible for how it operates yeah. and, and, and the impacts that could occur just in the same way as if, you know, we, we get yeah. in a car, That's we right. have to <laughs> obey certain rules. That's right. You, you, you know, and, and if those... You don't obey those rules. There's consequences. That's right. Um, and unfortunately, with electricity, those consequences can be devastating. Yeah, yeah. Look, thank you so much. I know you'd be very busy at the moment, and no, my it. pleasure, Kathy. And the Hawkesbury will be, you know, really pleased that they've been able to hear these words from you. I think when they're so isolated, that when they get to hear words from all the different people, it's a warming and a safe feeling. Well, thank you so much for being so uh, hospitable and receptive. Yeah. And I just wish everyone out there um, the best of luck uh, with dealing with the current situation. They're, as I said, I think the people in the, in the uh, McDonald's, the Outer Hawkesbury areas, they're all very resilient yeah. people. Uh, they're all very sensible people, and uh, together, working through this, we'll come through. Uh, we'll come through this. Yeah. It's just going to take a little bit of time. It will. All right, you take care and thank you very much. Thanks, Captain. The Pulse of the Hawkesbury. Pulse 89.9.